Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So we have to begin by saying thank you, football. Almost almost whatever your allegiance unless you're french or brazilian thank heavens a little package of joy and inspiration and brilliance like Lionel andres messi has finally won the world cup i don't think it seals any debates about where he stands on the pantheon except that on sunday he he was standing on the pantheon best player captain winner goal scorer in a final at last a World Cup final, that is. What it does do is, is scratch an eternal itch. It allows him peace of mind. Which amongst us gets the chance to live out our dreams, fight off nightmares and achieve our final destiny. It's something that mostly you and I, we're not even offered, never mind allowed to savour. We work, some of us excel some of us are happy, but in the nearly eight years we've been doing this, a lot of you have shared that life is hard. Life is, life, life tests you, disappoints you. Sometimes you've said that the interviews we've done have helped just a little bit. <laughs> yes, with walking the dog. Yes, with going to the gym more, more often and listening to, I don't know, Darren Fletcher or, or Peter Crouch or Rio Ferdinand or Gordon Strachan or... Kevin Bridges, twice, whoever it might be. But a sizable number of you have talked about these interviews that cause us to be talking to you from the World Cup, the big interview, giving you an oasis, a little bubble, time when you don't have to think about your troubles. So let's make a leap for a moment. There's a flurry of things being said about Leo Messi. But finally, whatever we say, however we describe it, however we feel, him... His, his brothers, his mum, his dad, long since separated, both still completely devoted to him and his well-being. His kids that he said now are of an age, those three boys, one of whom is an imp. Those three boys present in the stadium when dad not only wins the World Cup, but rules the final, rules the competition. Yes, even over Kylian Mbappe. No matter what we say about him as a footballer, just... Think about what this day means to him as a human being, but will continue to mean to him for the rest of his life. 
I've talked about it before, but a country which in stages broke his heart because having left so young to move to Barcelona, having nearly not made it there because of his size and the idiocy of the, the board of directors, his need for hormone injections, growth hormone injections, the fact that money was short, the fact that one director at the camp now said, I will pay these meantime out of my own pocket. The, the fact that all those things happened set him on a path to today, but set him on a on a parallel path where for, for many seasons there were a hard core of people in that passionate football country where when it rains and snows, the pitches are mud baths and when it's hot, it's torrid, it's it's tough to play in, where standards are different from Europe, where where thought processes are different from Europe. It's always all or nothing. Not all or nothing in the big moments. And he was called a pecho frio. That's literally a kind of cold chest, but it means it's meant to insult. It's almost, almost the worst insult in South America, certainly in Argentina. Somebody who's a cold fish, who doesn't really care. So when you see the extraordinary scenes in Argentina over the next couple of days, when you see those groups of guys on the corner shouting about the abuela. Have you seen the dancing abuela? <laughs> when you see people taking to the streets, when you see people in open-top cars, people hanging off lampposts, when you, when you watched Angel Di Maria in tears of, of, of expected joy, never mind expected goals, when he came off, when you saw throughout this tournament both the staff, Aymar, a gorgeous player, one of Messi's heroes when he was young. Walter Samuel, Ayala, the man that in our interview John Hartson said was the, the most difficult opponent he'd ever had, despite Ayala being able to fit in, in John's pocket, he was so small. When you see these things, take them and reverse them, like turning a rubber glove inside out and think, what must it have been like when they didn't love Messi? What must it have been like when... He wasn't used properly in that game where they're knocked out by Germany in the 2006 World Cup. What must it have been like when journalists and fans said, well, he doesn't really care? So for all his football greatness, for all the fact that he has literally changed my life, that there are, there's a close handful of people who I can say, you've literally changed my life. And Leo Messi is one of them. Now I can say that because... He's challenged my vocabulary. He's challenged my understanding of football. He's challenged my ability to interview him in tiny... It's like receiving the ball in short spaces. Sometimes the interviews were in, in, in just three, four-minute snatches. How do you engage him? How do you get him thinking? How do you get a good answer? He wants to turn away. It's in a flash zone. Somebody else is shouting at him. Or we're, we're outside the, the, the doping control in camp now and he's, he's wearing only a vest and, and a towel wrapped around him because he's not got his football kit on anymore. The one day when he came to an interview when he was raging, furious mad, about not, not about me, but didn't want to be there. The umpteen times, including the times when he engaged, he's been an inspiration and a challenge. And the beauty of it is I know... Kevin Jimenez wrote to me today on Twitter, he's only one. I know Messi has changed lots of your lives too. Whether you are an Argentina fan or a Barcelona fan, 
Now, Peugeot fan, for many of you, Messi has given you hidey hole in your weekend. If things are shit, turn on a Messi game. If, if, if life is just a little bit boring or dull or your team isn't doing well, switch on Messi and his pomp. Bring, bring out a DVD. Go on to YouTube. Watch him doing things that the human frame of that size shouldn't be able to do. Watch him running half the pitch against Real Madrid. I'll come back to this. And finishing off his right foot against Ica Casillas across the goal in the Champions League semi-final first leg of 2011. Watch him in 2009 somehow rise, leap, between Vidic and Ferdinand to head the ball over the monster size of Edwin van der Sar and put Barcelona 2 0 up and win his Champions League, his first one that he counts as his, despite having a medal from 2006. This man, somehow, through the, the good times and the bad, if you don't mind me quoting Fatboy Slim, we have to praise him, we have to celebrate him because he's given us questions to answer he's 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 lifted our spirits and our hearts yes you can probably say that about <laughs> Lester Piggott if you're a horse racing fan or Michael Jordan or Sebi Ballesteros name your sport but Messi's up there with anybody maybe the debate about is he the greatest footballer and people too often forget names like Di Stefano who Probably almost none of us in this involved in making or listening to this podcast never saw live. But if you listen to Alec Ferguson or his brother Martin Ferguson about Di Stefano, they'll stay they'll say he's at least in the argument shares a nationality with Leo Messi. And Messi wasn't kidnapped either on tour in Colombia. Anyway, that's for another day. Pele, I think, of late has really only been his his single rival. Not Maradona. Maybe Maradona had greater skills and power and explosiveness. Maybe. Did he make the same use of them? Was he as dedicated to football? Did he live well? Did he win as many important things on a regular basis? No. No, he didn't. And now here's Messi, king of the world. James Cagney, look at me, ma. Look at me. Except he's not a gangster. And a pox on all of you who cheated, who, who bent the rules to make this final of all finals take place in a country where good luck to them in developing football. Good luck to them in, in making, making people come to Qatar. Discover it. Good luck in all those things, but not via a World Cup that they should never have hosted. No. It's a box on you who fixed it somehow that maybe the greatest match in World Cup history, a competition which started in 1930, which is loved, which is revered, not just because it brings nations clashing with nations, styles, culture shock. It's because even in sterile tournaments, it gives us moment of men bending their bodies and their wills beyond where they ever thought they could do. It gives us Football like we've never seen before, and it does so every four years. Let it be only four years. Let, let it never be a World Cup every two years. A disgusting idea. So a box on the people who made this beautiful thing take place in midwinter in a country which, or a city really, Doha, which should have been a summer tournament 
in Australia or the US. Anyway, back to Messi. Simply because this is a great story. Because it's a, a narrative that in a confused and troubling world, and yeah, I'm sorry I'm back on this theme, but I don't believe there's on, almost anybody listening to this who hasn't found the last handful of years, particularly since the first pandemic of our lifetimes struck us. There are many listeners who are outside Britain. And good luck to you too. There are many listeners who are still in the European community. Well done to you. But I was born in the UK. Many of you are listening in the UK. The country's falling apart. The pandemic was ruinous. We have politicians who lie and cheat and steal. And I think one of the things that Leo Messi has given us this weekend is a resolution. In life, whether it's personal circumstances or things that are out with our control in our society that buffet us and confuse us and make us angry, and we want to see retribution, justice. We want to see different outcomes. We want to see people acknowledging, I did wrong, I made a mistake, or I'm sorry for what's happening to you. And largely we don't. And therefore, again, unless you're a particular France fan, Brazil fan, maybe if you're a Spurs fan and you feel sorry for Hugo Yolis, Messi gave us a beautiful end to the story. And maybe there'll be an epilogue. Maybe there'll be something else. But I think in life, when something is yearned for, when something seems deserved, the greatest Hollywood trick is, is to set up a, an inverted commas, hero, give him or her desperate setbacks, make it look as if the odds are impossible. And then, somehow, <laughs> the scriptwriters save our hero. And, and that what, that's what happened in real life here. So again, for the second time, a pox on the people who said before it was fated to be so. Wrong. Rubbish. And a pox on anybody who says now, that was, that was fate. That was, no. Irrespective of how France looked during the game. Irrespective of the fact that it turned out that some of the French players didn't quite have the temperament or the composure to see them through spot kicks and irrespective of the fact that Amy Martinez is one bad bugger when it comes to facing somebody from 11 metres. Messi had to earn this. It was very nearly taken away from him. All around him, if you don't mind the Baden-Powell, if you can keep your head when all around you are losing theirs, all around him there were shaky legs. All around him there was tiredness. He made a very, very big mistake for one of the most astonishing goals of recent times when Mbappe's volley comes from Kingsley Conan robbing Messi just at the time when the penalty's gone in for France. And I remember thinking, Messi's on the ball. He's got time in midfield. And you think, well, he'll reimpose sanity. He'll help Argentina. He won't help Argentina breathe. He's been robbed. The ball's gone. It's in to Rabio. The ball's chipped to Mbappe. The one-two with Turam made me think of Stade de France 1998. Yeah, I was there. Semi-final. Croatia. 
France are losing. They're down to 10 men. Turam scores twice. Turam couldn't find the way to the opposition goal with a GPS normally. Scores twice. Two great goals too. And lo and behold, on comes his boy. Who's not half the player his dad was. But here he is in a World Cup final playing the most glorious one-two with Kylian Mbappe. And Mbappe scores. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. And it's at that point when you think, gee, what is this? I don't know about you, but I had mental pictures. I've seen Messi stand on the rare occasion when he loses a final. Because across his career, his winning record in finals is, it's nuts. It's completely nuts. As good as he is, it's a team sport. But I've seen him lose... And I've seen him cry on the pitch. I haven't particularly enjoyed that. And I've spoken to teammates who talked long, long ago. In other words, when he was already a massive winner. When he was already somebody who could say, my career is elite, my career is magnificent. From the guy who started in Rosario, whose grandmother took me along to the local kickabouts because she saw they were missing a guy and though I was tiny she pushed me in persuaded the coach and boy here I am so from 25 26 27 he would still weep inconsolably in private in the dressing room if he lost a big match lost a tournament final but not here here he he was one of those while others wilted while others looked scared and confused he was one of those who who not only scored the third goal, and there is where I make a repeat of what I said about that semi-final in 2011, three of his very best goals now have come off his right foot too and his header. The right foot finish across, across Iker Casillas in the semi-final of the 2011 Champions League. Right foot, remember? The header in Rome against Manchester United. And now here, an instinctive right foot finish over the line when Lautaro Martinez wasn't offside in the move, although I think we all thought he was. And there's Messi, right foot. Wow. Having screwed up for the second France goal. Wow. He had to fight for this. He had his work, it worked his little butt off. And what's more, there was so much to say about the game, but the aftermath, the extra time, became beguiling that it's almost a wrench to go back to it. But that that Argentina goal to go 2-0 up, utterly beautiful. When people talk about Messi and best, maybe. When people talk about this final and say, is it the best? Well, how many of us saw the miracle of Bern? Maybe it wasn't anything like it. Maybe the miracle of Bern wasn't such a great game. I don't know. Germans who were alive at the time will say that it was. I don't know. But of my lifetime, particularly of all the finals where I've been an active viewer or I've been present or I've been working once on the touchline, on the, on the, literally on the touchline as Spain won in 2010, of all the ones that I've either watched as a, as a closely attentive fan or worked at, this takes... The biscuit by a long way. But one thing that I'll say is that we saw a contender for the greatest goal. Not just 
in World Cups or World Cup finals, but the greatest goal of all time in that move that put Argentina 2-0 up. And, and, and let's call it, let's call it as we saw it, because the first time Nahuel Molina made a big impact on me was I was in co-commentary. It was at the beginning of this domestic season. It was Villarreal then under Unai Emery playing at Atletico Madrid. And Molina was the new big prospect at full-back for Atletico Madrid. Yet another smart, tough Argentinian who'd been brought in. Villarreal were playing rope ultimate football rope They didn't want to participate. They didn't want to play. They were happy to kick the ball around the back until Atleti charged in and then they went on the hunt late on but they went on the hunt they pounced they played a long ball Molina takes a sclaff at it makes a complete mess of it and suddenly Villarreal are are 1-0 up and with an instance they'll be 2-0 up that was my first vision of Molina as an Atleti player today when the ball is is played long um, from Emi Martinez and and France pounce on it, and Upper Meccano gets there first and gets a little challenge in, and it looks as if Argentina might be slightly on the back foot. The ball falls to Molina. And do you remember how it begins, this goal? He volleys it. It's an absolutely beautiful volley. It's a volley which brings the ball directly into midfield. You know, it's a it's a volley into midfield, but it's it's got such chutzpah. It needs so much perfection. Otherwise, instantly France are going to ravage and they've got players forward and it can be disastrous, but he's got great big Argentinian bollocks on him. The volley is perfect. In it goes to McAllister, whose first-time ball gives it to Messi. Messi's two touches are with his left foot and he sends Alvarez into space, beautiful space. Alvarez's touch is a first-time touch. For anybody who's watching this as a complete neutral, it's bewitching, it's beguiling, it's intoxicating, and it reminds you of the very best of Iniesta, Busquets, Xavi, Messi for Barcelona between 2009 and 2011. It's so quick. France are in knots. Don't waste your time saying, well, look how they defended. They haven't got a millisecond to think about where they've gone wrong, who's in the right or wrong positions, because Alvarez's ball is into McAllister, who's who's definitely Scottish, by the way, who's on the run. He's in acres of space. And how many times have you watched a player on the break, on the run, screaming from the stands or screaming to your teammate on a pitch, some muddy pitch in Walthamstow or in Greenock, or you're shouting at the TV, now, now, lay it off now, pass it. And he does. I don't think it's a regular thing that players get that just right, but the ball is put beautifully into the path of Di Maria. The finish is lovely. It's absolutely glorious. And we've seen end-to-end football, not back and forward like punch and counter-punch, but from one defensive end to the far end and a beautiful goal from the guy who always pops up, the guy who popped up in the Copa America, the guy who popped up to win Argentina, the Beijing gold medal, Di Maria. It's an absolutely sensational goal. Yes, there's the exuberance of the moment and and maybe you'll persuade me to change my mind. But I think that's in the debate for the best 
World Cup goal of all time. I think it's slower than the one that uh, Carlos Alberto scores in the 1970 uh, World Cup final. Yes, I know it is. Fewer touches, but absolute precision. Absolutely gorgeous. Wonder goal. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss and here's where to say something about our Polish referee because even though I've tried to be restrained the the truth is that there have been utterly horrendous refereeing decisions both on the pitch from the assistants and most disappointingly from VAR things that you genuinely struggle to explain properly and you think even a minimum level of competence would be able to undo, to make right. But that hasn't been the case. Marciniak is a referee I've watched a lot. I'm always asked to monitor and to rate referees on an ongoing basis. And his performance today was almost exactly what you get every time he takes a Champions League match. He's quite forgiving of physical play, not fouls, but physical play. He will, he's got no tolerance whatsoever for acting. Eight and a half, nine times out of, the ten, out of ten, he's on the spot and reads situations well. He might be stockier than Kalina and slightly less tall, but he's got that same hard man look, which is don't with me. <laughs> and more or less, usually players take the message. And today, he'd been fabulous. Both penalties, quite correct. 100% correct. All penalties, 100% correct, in my opinion. But he has, a, he has a glitch. He has a blip. And it's coming in the shootout. I thought when he books France's um, Turam for a dive, I thought, wow, man. Wow. 
that's brilliant because he seems to be looking at the action from through a crowd. In fact, he's he's not. In fact, somehow he's got a vision that, that calls it exactly right. It had looked like a penalty. It had looked like the ultimate drama. He got it spot on, wielded a card. Fantastic. Marciniak, you're magic. But then, woe is us. We get to the shootout via just, you know, nonsense. What the hell happens when, I've already talked about Messi's second goal, when Ian, Kylian Mbappé are having an episode of anything you can do, I can do better. Poor old Montiel on for Molina. You know, we'll give away the penalty. I, I have no question whatsoever that our Polish referee got that right. The arm is too far out. The shot's from Mbappé. It's a penalty, as they used to say in the John Gordon Sinclair BA Rob. It's a, that's a penalty. It is, you know. But then there's the ball forward from Montiel, which is nothing more than an agricultural hauk. And if you don't know what a hauk is, move to the northeast of Scotland and then 10, 15 years in, you'll understand. But it is nothing more than a hauk. Messi's offside when the ball goes forward. There's absolutely no question about that. None. But with the way the rules go now, doesn't make an attempt to play the ball. He's not active. Lautaro Martinez is onside. He'll play the ball down. There's so much movement going on. And this is where the beauty comes in because the goal I've talked about, Messi's right foot, but when the ball drops and Lautaro controls it to Messi, he doesn't pass it. He controls it to Messi. Messi absolutely caresses it to Enzo Fernandez, the young player of the tournament. He didn't know it. None of us knew it at the time. He's only 22 next month. But the young, the man who walks away now with the extra award of young player of the tournament just cushions it. He side-foots it into the back into the path of Lautaro Martinez. That's where... The crucial decision about on or off comes in. He's on. The shot, Joris saves. It's a decent save and Messi taps at home. Then, you know as well as I do, the extraordinary, the shot where Messi twice troubles Joris and looks like he's going to win it on his own um, before the end. The absolutely stunning save before the heroics that win him the golden glove and he and he uses the award to sort of <clears throat> extend his groinal area. Emmy Martinez. I've been re- I've been reminded, I'm sorry to hop around, but I've I've been reminded that at the end of our big interview, and boy, did I enjoy talking to him. I was in the Costa Brava, he was on holiday in Italy, but um David Slattery, Slats, says, Bumper Graham, at the end of your interview with Emmy Martinez, you said that Argentina finally had a keeper they could win a World Cup with. (laughs) He says, I know my onions. When I said it, I believed it. Because when when Emmy Martinez took over from Leno at at Arsenal, in the the slot that made it clear to me that Arteta should keep Emmy Martinez, he didn't. In that slot, I saw things of reaction, of character, of power, of of leadership in a keeper 
that made me think, whatever rough spots, whatever areas he still has to correct, this is the man, this is the man to, 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 to bring glory. At the time when I spoke to him, he could only pray that he would justify occupying the same team as, as Leo Messi. Here he is now, one of the heroes of the Copa America medal. One of the heroes of the World Cup final. And even more so when, towards the end, one of the men who nearly turned it back for France, who made an impact from the moment that Deschamps quite correctly took off Dembele, who was hopeless, who didn't track for um, for Argentina's goals. Giroud, I have a different feeling about. But Dembele was, was Dembele. I'm sorry, Xavi Hernandez. We all know the, the things he can do that are special, but his brain and his character are insufficient. His brain is, is programmed to go, hey, oh, there's another mistake, never mind. That's, that's not what great footballers, great sports people do. Deschamps knows this, and it's Deschamps, everybody, not Deschamps. <laughs> Angry old Scott shouts at the clouds. This young man, born in the same suburb or banlieue of Paris, Bondi, as, as the man who almost made it his night, who almost made it his tournament, Kylian Mbappe. Kolo Mouani was born in the same little township, Bundy. He's flying through. The World Cup final is his to win. Emi Martinez spreads a foot left. Amazing. The final that refused to stop giving us extraordinary twists and turns that if they were written into a film or a play, you'd say, too much. No, this isn't real. And this is where we come to the Marcianic moment because in penalties, everybody who's been watching the World Cup, everybody who, who's been watching the Copa America or Emi Martinez in the Premier League knows, brutal competitor. Anybody who watched the Dutch shootout saw that he helped put the Dutch players off in that game, that he sees shootouts as territory where he can influence things long before the kick is taken. And given the way in which um, the rule makers have said, we want to make penalties increasingly impossible for keepers to stop, I like and respect any goalkeeper who says, I'm going to twist things my way. Now, on the night of the game against um, Holland, when it went to penalties, of all the things he did nearly, in fact, of all the things he did, the thing I liked least about Matteo Leoz and liked least about Holland players was that they didn't realise that Emi Martinez was sequentially trying to put each taker off. Sequentially was going, I can, I can occupy, I can live in your mind. I can, I can make you think of something else when you should be thinking of how to beat me. Marcianic did this today. He stood in front, what Matteo Leoz didn't do, for the first couple of penalties, he stood in front of Emi Martinez. He took the ball. He made sure that what was going on was ostensibly within the rules, pushing Emi Martinez back into his goal, holding on to the ball so that nothing untoward, no dark arts could take place. And then he stopped. <laughs> I don't know if he forgot. I don't know if he was distracted. But given that it was already the case that after Kingsley Coman missing, Mbappe, 
thrashing at home. Amazing to put three penalties past the same man in the same game. Leo Messi trundling at home. It was as if it was crown pin bowling. Beautiful, but nerve-wracking. Kingsley Coman missing. Dybala scoring. Up comes Aurelien Chouameni. At his age, a behemoth of a player. Vitally important already to Real Madrid, but not formed. Not vastly experienced. Still in his very early 20s. And out comes Emi Martinez. Takes the ball. The referee is not looking. Doesn't force him to give it back. Emi goes for a walk. He's playing with the fans. Throws the ball away. And Chalmeni, already one down in the penalty shootout, has to, I saw him smile, wince, has to go looking for the ball, has to go thinking, ah, bugger, ah, he's pissed me off. That's in his mind. And he comes up and he misses. We saw again during this game that whatever it was that made Leandro Paredes and Kylian Mbappe fall out, you'd probably be on Mbappe's side. Paredes against Holland looked like a certifiable nutcase and should have been sent off. Paredes in this game thrashed in one brutal, horrible tackle that could easily have been a red card. But he scores his penalty. He does his job. Nobody in Argentina will be holding any of his comportment against him. So does Colo Muani and it comes to Gonzalo Montiel. For all my friends in Seville, particularly Jesus, the press officer, for all those friends who've been having such a brutal time, who've been watching a Sevilla that they don't understand, that they don't recognise. <laughs> did Sevilla win the World Cup? Or did, as I texted to Tony Bloom, did Brighton win the World Cup? Alexis McAllister was magnificent. All that chat about the first Villa player to play in a World Cup final, well, he won. First Brighton player to play in a World Cup final, he won too. But it's a Sevilla man in these times of trouble that stepped up and and scored the crucial goal. And Argentina were champions. I don't know that there's anything else important to say because you saw the celebrations. You know what it means to you that Messi is now a champion. Whether you care, whether you don't care, whether it's an emotional moment, whether you think sport's more beautiful because of this. But I want to finish, I think, by saying Laurent Blanc. While he was the national team coach, he was recorded in a meeting where he was derisory about black and Arab origin French footballers. He said that there were far too many of them, that the impression he got was that France was producing the same kind of players. Big, strong, powerful ones. And who are the big, strong, powerful ones? The blacks. It's like that. It's a current fact. By the end of this final, where France, despite there being a virus through their camp, despite them playing against a side that genuinely felt it was on a mission, by the end of the match, there was only one white Frenchman on the pitch, Hugo Lloris, who did brilliantly. But those same people played utterly heroically, thrilled us, took part in a match that gives France pain right now, but glory in the long term. Very, very nearly won a match, which at 2-0 down looked utterly beyond them altogether. Laurent Blanc, thank heavens for your ex-teammate Didier Deschamps, with the two men, don't have a good relationship. And I'm not making cheap points. This is something I feel passionately and deeply. That evil, 
deep-rooted racist outlook in society, in sport, is the type of thing that nights like this, matches like this, stand to make us think bollocks to the haters, joy and invention and dedication and talent and creativity surpasses all boundaries, all hatreds, all myopic views. So a pox on Laurent Blanc, again a pox on the people who gave us a World Cup in a country that shouldn't have won it, a country where so many people died unheeded and needlessly in the constructions of the stadiums. A country where they all said it could be played in the summer, which was a lie. And the salt in the wound is that their tournament has been crowned by something absolutely magnificent, something glorious, something which reminds us why we love sport. And need I remind you, Lionel Andres Messi is a World Cup winner. Thank you, football. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.